Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Short Bus Debate Club. I am Brian Courtney and as always I've got my co-host Darren Jolly here with me. Hello. And uh, well, as usual, Darren's got a couple of things that he wants to clarify from from previous episodes. Um, before we do that, I, I think I want to clarify something, too. Um, maybe it's because I'm brain dead. Maybe it's because I've just got too much shit in my head. But I want to clarify the FCC um, episode a little bit because, you know, obviously... Toward the end there, we didn't realize who owned what, and, and there was that question. But I still think it's important for everybody to know that the FCC is doing what the government wants. And the government is telling the FCC what to do based on certain things like transnational capital and corporate welfare and, and all of those things. So you've got to keep those types of things in mind when we're talking about an organization that is run by the government. Um, anyway, that's all I wanted to say about that. I'll let Darren do his thing. Just uh, quickly, um, I had mentioned uh, that uh, Louis DeJoy, the Postmaster General, uh, had $800,000 invested in uh, Brookfield, uh, the, the, the firm that was uh, tied to Ron Bloom, the former uh, head of the Postal Council. Um, the number was wrong. It's actually 305,000. Uh, that's he, They own bonds, but the bonds are still, uh, they have, Brookfield has huge uh, ties to XBO, or not huge, but they got good, a, fair, a fairly decent amount of ties to XBO. But the other thing that's important, when I went down the rabbit hole a little further, the $305,000 that he has in bonds that linked him to the, the guy that ran the funds that was running the Postal Council up until uh, December of this last year, um, he still has tens of millions of dollars tied up in XPO. Uh, XPO in 2021 was awarded a $120 million contract uh, through, the, through the post office. So, I mean, this is all stuff that's not very difficult to find. It's all, it's all out there. So while I said it was 800000 <clears throat> that was originally invested through Brookfield, that number was not correct. Like I said, it's 305000 but his his financial ties to XPO are still uh, even more substantial than that if you if you look anywhere deeper. So that's all. All right. So what are we talking mm -hmm. about today, Darren? Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about the environment, um, which obviously is uh, something that can go in about a million different directions. But uh, uh, you know, in the context of transnational capital and corporate welfare state, um, you know. Is, is this a primary focus of the world that we're uh, trying to negotiate on a daily basis as a, as a society right now? I, I think not, probably. I mean, it's funny, like during the, uh, the primaries on the Democratic side, so much was made. That, I mean, the, if there was a term that was utilized so, so often to the point where it just became kind of uh, just obnoxious was uh, ex existential crisis. Like they would always talk about how our environmental conditions uh, are creating an, an existential crisis. Well, if that's true, um, 
where, where are we with regards to the environment? I mean, what are we actually doing? I mean, we, we point the finger at people and, you know, people recycle stuff or they do small little things. But, uh, I mean, if we're going to start to deal with these questions in a meaningful way, it has to be a, a, a global uh, thought process that we're engaging. So, Well, I think that that's true to a point. But, you know, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode because I was walking to the mailbox and some old man said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. And we started talking. I don't know why anybody over fucking 80 years old wants to talk to me, but they, they do. Um, and we were talking about the wintertime and how the weather people were trying to decide if it was going to be a wet winter or a dry winter. And I said, well... You know, in Colorado, weathermen don't really know jack shit anyway. They they can't tell their ass from their elbow. It's just kind of a guessing game. But I said, and these days, you know, you can't really tell. I mean, we had like two weeks last winter, I think, where it got below 30 degrees. Um, and we started talking about more of the global issues, the fact that the, the snow caps are melting and stranding polar bears and the fact that now grizzlies and, and polar bears are um, mating to some degree um, where they never met each other before. And he said, well, that's not our fault. And when he said our fault, he was talking about the United States. Um, I could tell this guy was a Trumper um, through and through probably has a bumper sticker and maybe even a fucking tattoo on his wrinkly ass. I don't know. Um, but nice, he, nice picture. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said that there's no reason for the United States to spend a bunch of money on environmental cleanup and protections when China and Russia don't do anything. And I don't believe that that's true. Um, you know, why let your yard go to shit because your neighbor is an asshole and doesn't take care of his? That that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yes, Russia and China probably need to take a more active role, but to say the United States doesn't because they're not is the dumbest fucking argument I've ever heard in my life. It, it is a little bit. It is a little bit strange that uh, people sort of. Um put responsibility off in other directions uh and i would probably argue as a way of absolving themselves from actually having to do the the hard work that it would take to to start to solve questions like that um i mean on on a on an objective level though his point is not incorrect if you want to solve these problems these are problems that we all need to be negotiating but that's i guess that's not really the argument that he's making he's making the argument that if they're not going to do it why the fuck should we we should just care about our you know our 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 on economics and stuff like that right which is just uh and if you want to you know the, the u.s has fallen off like as, as, a, as a leader like if you want to be uh an entity that's demonstrating the kind of leadership that we uh sort of romanticize in our mind that we we emulate then maybe starting to negotiate these questions uh starting to negotiate these questions through um our acts first setting an example essentially might uh, uh, might be a good place to start. So. Yeah, and, you know, so there are lots of things that we talk about on a global level. 
you know, and, and I mentioned the, the ice caps melting, you know, that that's definitely a global issue, but we can do some things here in the United States that would help. And it would, would help on a, a global level because a lot of the companies that we're talking about that do pollute are global companies. But, you know, right now in the United States, especially after Trump, um, the EPA has no teeth. And the penalties for these companies doing something wrong are just a fucking joke. I mean, you know, we're talking about fines that are maybe a half a percent of the money that they made. And that's maybe a half a percent. You know, they they find them $50,000 for dumping toxic waste when they made $500 million. Um, you know, BP down in the Gulf after the that last oil spill, um, yes, they helped with cleanup. Um, and, and they made sure to pat themselves on the back about it. Um, but nothing happened to BP. Nothing at all. And nothing happened to Exxon after the Exxon Valdez. I mean, yeah, I think the the pilot of the boat got in trouble because he was drunk, but I think that was just a large company making somebody throw themselves on the sword. Um, so we've got to give the EPA teeth or, or come up with a new organization that has teeth that can penalize these, these people for, or these companies, I should say, for the, the things that they do wrong. But even in terms of <clears throat> creating penalties, I mean, unless the, that we're proactive, I mean, you know, people talk about the the relative uh, the fragility of an of a uh, of the economy, um, and in relation to that, you know, if you counterpose the environment on the other side of that, uh, it's it's infinitely more complex. But <clears throat> Giving the EPA that that's that's all well and good, but it's, that's that's a consequence. You're doing it after the fact, after the after the damage is already done. Like if if we're not at least, and of course this is totally pie in the sky. Like there's there's no situation right now where uh, you could you know I mean could you imagine Amazon you know like as well as they're coordinated in terms of a, a realization engine in terms of moving goods from one place to another to the point where they get to the consumer. If they took that uh, structure which is incredibly complicated and, and, and pretty cool. And like, in terms of like its reach on a global level and you utilize that reach towards something in a proactive way that wasn't just waiting for, you know, for the spill to happen. And then, you know, clean, cleaning up afterwards is you, half the damage is already done at that point in time. Like we don't have any, it, it reminds me of the, the goofy show, uh, the newsroom, right. Where, where the, they have the, 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 uh, the blonde gal's her character um, overhears the conversation that this EPA guy is having on the on his phone, and uh, she kind of corners him and uh, backs off. But he ends up going and doing a uh, an interview with the main character, and uh, they're talking about the carbon in in the atmosphere reaching a certain point, 400 parts per million or whatever it is. 
Um, and once it gets to that point, then you, you reach the, the devastation level. Uh, and they, he, uh, what's the main character's name? Will. He keeps yeah. asking him. He keeps asking him. Uh, that was the dude from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the, yeah. That, that's a, <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber to Newsroom. But uh, I, I, he keeps asking him, is there, is there any hope? And he, he says, well, you know, if we would have started 20 years ago. He says, well, you know, what if, you know, blah, 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 blah. He said, well, if if you would have, you know, thought about it 20 years ago, then maybe we would have a shot there. And he says, well, what if we did everything perfect from here on forward? Well, then uh, a tiny portion of the population would survive in a nightmarish post post apocalyptic uh, like situation. Um, this is no way to I mean, he's right. I mean, that's the tragedy of it. I mean, sitting here and talking about the environment, environmental issues is a. Uh, it's brutal because even if we just talk about the EPA, we're talking about it in the aftermath. Nothing's being, you need to mobilize. I read an article uh, a couple of years ago. If you wanted to really deal with the environmental issues, the way that they're functioning right now, you would need to have a global mobilization of activity, at least on the level of world war, world war II to, to even begin to try to whittle away at where we're at right now. Well, I'm not, see, I think, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, mm -hmm. but it sounds like you're talking about, reversing certain things and i'm not talking about reversing them i'm talking about just stopping the damage i mean we've got a wound we've got this huge fucking tumor there's no way we can get rid of it chemotherapy is not going to do it surgery is not going to do it nothing is going to get rid of this tumor but we might be able to stop it from growing um and that's that's kind of my thought um, I, I wish we could figure out a way to reverse it. And I'm a big believer that the earth is going to heal itself. And so all we're really doing is fucking ourselves because once we're all gone, then all of this shit just gets recycled. And then, you know, in 600,000 years or whatever, a new population is born and, and they start off and then pretty soon they're digging shit up and they find a fucking MP3 of this stupid show and an <laughs> MP3 of fucking Buster Rhymes and some shit with the fucking Empire State Building keychain and, you know, the rest of it turns into fucking deposits, dude. Um, and it cleans the water. And the trees start growing, and the land becomes arable again, and the earth fixes itself. But we're not allowing it to fix itself. Well, I, you know, in I, recycling everything, I mean, you know, like humanity dying off and something else starting, I mean, that that's all well and good. Um, but I, I think that if all you're trying to do is slow it down a little bit. I mean, th this freight train is going at a billion miles an hour. I mean, like, it, it just makes me wonder if the only reason why, like, I, I see people, like, chastise somebody for not, you know, doing recycling a bottle or something, something like that. Like, that that just seems more like catharsis than anything else. Like, I don't, I don't think that, and I don't believe, I don't know whether or not we really can do anything to try to save the situation. Well, that is, is fully stupid anyway. And I think that that is the government and or corporations allowing us to feel like we're doing something. 
it's also allowing corporations to make more money off of our work because now we're separating the recyclables and we're paying for recycling buckets instead of trash cans. Um, but even if you don't recycle, all of these huge trash companies recycle themselves. They run everything on a fucking conveyor belt and they knock the recyclables off from the garbage and they separate it. And the reason that they do it is because there's fucking money there. Um, there's money in the shitty cell phones that people throw away. There's money in the aluminum, the paper, the cardboard, all of that shit. So even if we don't recycle, they do. And I think that, like I said, they let us recycle to either make us feel real good, like we're having an impact, or because it helps make their jobs easier. And like uh, green capitalism, I mean, that's a, that's a very popular term over the course of the last 20 years. Um, I, you know, but I mean, seriously, like, do you, you, you don't think that reversal is like, I mean, you just think we're done for then essentially. I mean, if, 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 because the only way that we're really going to survive at all is if we don't pull, if we don't reverse like this, or at least slow it down. I, I think that there are certain things that we can reverse to, to a, a degree, you know, one direction or another. Full-on reversal, I don't think is going to happen. Um, you know, if, if we can do things like slow down the polar ice caps from being melting or from being melted, then that helps with fresh water going into the oceans and fucking up all of the different flows that are there. Yeah. And that helps with weather, weather patterns and that helps with flooding and that helps with ugh, fucking all of these wildfires that we have in the Western United States, you know, because now it's raining like it's supposed to. Um, so if we can slow down one or two of the things, then maybe some others will be reversed. But you say, you say, okay, so like in your example, you say the, the polar ice caps, right? Okay. So then what, like without, without a full reversal, what, what could be done that would actually effectively without just, you know, I mean, it, it, when COVID happened, it was really weird, you know, because everything stopped. It, it is the first and the last time in our lifetimes that we're ever going to remember unless, you know, the lemmings fall entirely off the cliff and the whole fucking right. thing just goes down. Right. But because I was working at the post office and because I was a, uh, an essential worker, you know, I dude, it was crazy. Like I would get up and I'd go into work at nine o'clock in the morning and there would be two cars on the road for like months, you know, yeah. and in that moment, like that was like a glimpse of a possibility, you know, but of course, like, cause you have, you know, nearly 8 billion people on this planet now, you still get, people still got to eat, you know, still got to survive. Things aren't going to, but I mean. See, and here's, here's the thing is that I always say we have to say at what cost, uh -huh. right? So everybody gives gasoline, this huge fucking, oh, thumbs down, you know, you're polluting the air or whatever, right? They say you need to drive electric or hybrid or whatever. Well, electricity is created by coal and coal factories burn in order to generate electricity. So these guys are polluting the air. Some, if not 
as much or more than we are because now there are all of these electric cars out there. Um, so I think it's one of those things like you have to ask at what cost and then kind of gauge, you know, what it is because like wind farms, another thing that creates huge amounts of, of electricity, but wind farms end up killing migratory birds and making the land less arable. Um, so again, at what cost? Um, really, honestly, I think maybe the only way we could reverse it or slow it down enough to, to make an impact is to get rid of about three quarters of the populace. Um, but then again, you have to say at what cost? Because for all I know, if you kill all of these people, all of the weird gases and chemicals that are created, like putrescine and cadaverine and all of that shit, that might pollute the water table and then speed the process up. I, I don't know truly what the answer is, and maybe it's small amounts of everything, but I do think that, that people have to be more cognizant of what it is they do, you know? Um, if you're changing your oil or your antifreeze in your driveway, don't let that shit run down into the drain and then just down the fucking street, you know? Keep that shit to yourself because now you are polluting water and all of those little indirect sources are just as big a polluter as a lot of the, the large corporations that are out there. I, uh, um, one thing that you, when you were talking about, uh, the, the pollution or the, the negative effects of these different energy, uh, spaces that have become fashionable lately. Um, uh, Michael Moore did a movie in 2019 that he actually po they posted on uh, YouTube for free. And, uh, it talked a ton about like, uh, uh, where the the metals coming from when you're when you're in those the environmental conditions that are affected by where the mining where the mining's happening specifically for the the wind turbines and and, and whatnot but uh it, it was very good it was one of his better documentaries i thought um but he was hypercritical of this new fashionable uh we're going to be environmental but it's really just a, a smoke screen for people that have found a way into that industry and are using that sort of like green capitalism environmental sort of disposition as a way of pushing, pushing forward, you know, solar, pushing wind, you know, where it's, it's not as cut, cut and dry as to whether or not that's going to be good for humans in the long run any, anyway. But, uh, um, the other thing that I would say in relation to some of the studies, so it's, it's one thing to point out what, and of course we should, we should always do what we're, we're capable of doing as individuals, but like factory farm, like factory, uh, what the, when you raise, raise livestock for what, 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 like slaughterhouses and all that kind of stuff. That is one of the biggest polluters. I mean, it's one of the most detrimental uh, production places to, to, to society where if you eliminated that and created like non-meat alternatives, and I know like everybody that is listening to this, 98% of the people listening to this in this moment would say, you're crazy, I'm not going to become a vegetarian, but uh, me recycling my stuff, me being careful with my, how I use my oil or, you know, making sure that I'm not throwing, you know, fluorescent tubes into the, you know, after they, after they burn out my light bulbs. Um, 
but if you don't get a hold of industries that are doing these sorts of things, then, I mean, then it really is just catharsis at that point in time. Like you, you have to, you have to roll back. Yeah, I th- I think that that's true, and I think you know maybe, um, not using certain products because of the way that they're they're doing things, you know, might help. Or again, going back to the the EPA or. In some cases, talk about um, the USDA, since we're talking about agriculture yeah. and the FDA, um, because they have a large thing to do with the um, food that's produced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give all of these guys some more teeth and, and tell them what to do. It's it's funny when you talk about food, because I have, I have no intention of, of not eating meat. Um and I know beef is a huge polluter, and they say that, you know, just one cow takes, like, if you ate a cheeseburger, then you ended up burning, like, six gallons of water or some horse shit like that. I, I don't know if it's true. I don't know how they generated those numbers. Um, but for a while, I had considered... Because in Peru, they eat guinea pigs. They have guinea pig farms. And it's not like this mass industry where, you know, They're there's... They're little motherfuckers, aren't they? Right. There's not this huge, you know, corporate guinea pig farm. It's, you know, each individual raising 35 or 40 of them. <laughs> And guinea pigs are small. And so I just lived in an apartment and I thought, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to start growing tomatoes and cucumbers because I can do that with hydroponics. Um, Takes up little space. And I'm going to just raise guinea pigs and eat them. And, you know, I can do that in this little fucking five by five room that I've got. And they're not going to be raised in a horrible environment or anything and I'm lettuce and tomato right. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's guinea pig, but you can make bacon out of your guinea pig. Little, little pieces of bacon. Right. Teeny <laughs> teeny teeny pieces of bacon. Um and I say that kind of tongue in cheek where I'm just fucking around, but I I did really consider it. And Obviously, just considering it isn't going to do anything for the environment. Um, You know, moving to a more organic type of farming where instead of having 400 head of cattle that are eating fucking all sorts of nasty shit and steroids and everything else, um, you know, maybe go to the smaller farms where they're raising 25 or 30 head of cattle. you know, they slaughter them a couple times a year. I know there's a grocery store in eastern Colorado that they just pull in a few cows a week and they they grind their own beef and, and cut their own steaks and all of that stuff. Um, maybe that kind of thing would help. But a large part of the, the pollution that you're talking about when you talk about these farms is the methane that they generate. Yeah. And and I don't want to go too far down the road on government waste, but um, on multiple years, 
the government was funding all of these scientific studies to figure out how much methane is produced by each cow, depending on what it is they eat and everything else. So they're spending millions and millions of dollars on these studies. And I maybe it was for a good reason. I don't know. But I also, with the fact that, you know, we have all of these cell phones and everybody needs the newest iPhone every time it comes out and they don't get rid of those. So those are rare earth minerals and these rare earth minerals are hard to find. And so you end up digging huge holes in the earth in order to get these things that go into our cell phones and our computers. Um, and that's, that's part of the corporation thing, you know, and, and that's marketing and that's making everybody believe that they need the new, iPhone every time that it comes out. But people, we don't need the new iPhone every time it comes out. We don't need the new Pixel every time it comes out. We don't need a new fucking cell phone every year. Um, and if you think you're an environmentalist, um, look in your hand at your phone and think about how fucking old it is. Look at your hand and tell me if there's gold on it, because then you're truly not an environmentalist. Gold mining fucks this place up more than most minerals. Um, now, all minerals pretty much fuck it up equally, but gold is especially troublesome because of the fact that they use the leaching method to find a lot of it. Um, That's how they separate the, yeah, and, and which then all, puts all that shit, fucked yeah. up chemicals yeah. into the earth and, mm -hmm. and the water table. Um, so gold is a problem. So if you're wearing gold and you're wanting the next, you know, gold chain that comes out or whatever, or you're asking your boyfriend to buy you a ring, or you're probably not really too worried about the fucking environment. Um, it's all of the little things that we have around our house that allows these corporations to keep doing what they're doing because if we weren't buying it, they wouldn't be polluting it to some degree. <laughs> yeah, if you re if you read if you redirect your consumption patterns, there's no doubt that's 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 going to be helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, um, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't. So you know, there was a, a ruling in June uh, to the Supreme Court where West Virginia sued the EPA. And uh, West Virginia won, and uh, the, it was it was a really hard ru ruling that the that the the court came up with, where they restricted the EPA's ability to uh, mandate carbon emissions. Like, so, I mean, if there's a if there's a systemic level, I mean, obviously we got you you got to do what you can do. I got to do what I can do. But this court is not going to help anything with regards to the environment. It was straight. It was six three, just like you'd see. Figure it would be right down the line of of who would be on one side and who would be on the other. And I'm not romanticizing Democrats. I promise you at this point in time. Well, and but with the way Trump changed the EPA when he was there, I'm surprised that they didn't just say, "Okay, West Virginia, you're right," and they, and and maybe that was one of those things, you know hiding the truth a little bit let's let's let the lawsuit go um so that they can think we're doing something even though we have no intention of doing it 
because I'm really surprised the EPA didn't just say, yeah, you're right. Well, we'll go away. We're not going to fuck with you anymore. Just because they're, they're been whittled down to nothing so much. They don't really, yeah, not a, right. not a lot of resources. That was another joke they made in that newsroom thing that there hadn't been a head of the EPA for, for years and years and years, because there's no real point in having anybody be a head of an organization that essentially has no teeth, no power, no ability to, even if you make a ruling, you can't execute, uh, any, you know, uh, consequences in relation that you can't execute any consequences in relation to that ruling uh, otherwise. So, yeah. And again, I don't have any answers. I've got a lot of concerns. I've got a lot of ideas. Um, I do think that it is absolutely fucking imperative that we say at what cost, no matter what it is we're doing. Um, you know, if, if you're putting up new solar cells, because solar cells now are fucking amazing. Um, you know, you can buy them and they, they will roll up. You can roll up a fucking solar cell and then go out to your campsite and unroll it on the hood of your car and generate enough power to hit your Bluetooth speaker and your new fucking iPhone and all of that stuff because... They are thin and transportable. You can put them all over your house, and the cost is minimal for you, the consumer. But again, at what cost? I don't know now what the process is that allows them to make those solar cells so inexpensive, um, to make them so light. And to where you can roll them up. Um, you know, again, we're talking about like things like rare earth metals and, and things like that. So even though those solar cells are really cool and they are going to generate power, they're going to generate a shitload of power if you put them on your house. Um, they don't sound very durable, though. I mean, what you're talking about there, they, they I mean, almost well, like the ones that away. roll up, the ones that yeah. roll up, uh, those aren't okay. the ones you put on your house, but they are still that thin membrane, and maybe they're not durable. And so maybe that makes them even worse um, because now you got to buy one every two years. What about what about storage capacity? I always heard that solar, solar cells didn't have really good. Uh... Well, so with any power that you generate, um, you're going to have to store that somewhere. So like, let's say for instance, let's just pretend I had a big camper and it was covered in solar cells and I had figured out a way to generate hydraulic and pneumatic and I've got all of these different powers coming in, right? Well, that power has to go somewhere to store. So generally, you're going to use a big battery, like a yacht battery or several car batteries or an array of different batteries, something to where the power that you generate is going to go and be stored. So again, we're talking about batteries, metal, acids, all of this different stuff at what cost. Mm -hmm. But so no matter what these, the power has to go somewhere and be stored. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, the power company, that takes up, I think, 14 states or something like that, um, they have a buyback program. So if you've got solar cells 
and you've got wind power. Which part? Which part? XL or who are you talking? Okay. Okay. Um, you actually sell your power to them, and then they give you a discount on your power at your house. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's actually fucking stupid because it's your power, but they say that it's on their grid, so whatever. Anyway, um, they buy the power from you, and then they give you a discount, um, but that's because they have the ability to store all of that that's, stuff. Yeah, that was, I mean, that, that, that was, I mean, that was why I thought it was interesting because you're going to, you're going to be collecting it, but you may not have the capacity to, to store. Yeah. I mean, if it's moving and it's being recycled, I mean, at least at some point in time, uh, there's sort of like a collectivist position in, in relation to that where we're, you know, we're all working together towards a, a goal that we need to, and you're, you have an alternative that's not dependent on simply one way of getting it done. So. We are. And I, I think another really cool thing that Excel is doing, and I never took advantage of it because I'm a skeptic and I'm paranoid, but they had a thing where you could pay more monthly to get your power from these supposed green yeah. functions, right? Mm -hmm. So you could get it from wind farms and solar and whatever. The thing was, is that they were using a lot of that, these blocks of money, they called them. They were using those blocks to build more wind farms. It was kind of like an IPO without the IPO. They were generating money to help with large projects, but without saying, hey, give us money, right? So buy part of the wind farm or whatever, and we'll give you this power. But it ended up costing more money. And the thing was, at least from my perspective, is that they never, there was no way for me to tell that it was actually green energy that I was getting. For all I knew, it was just coal energy still, but they were charging me more. Yeah. Or, or it could be 30%. Oh, you, you, you literally have, and you, there is no way that you could. None, yeah. none at all. Uh -huh. So I didn't do it. And I thought it was a good idea. But again, you know, wind farms, um, and I'm sure they've changed some since I did that report. But when I did the report, I mean, we're talking about, especially the ones out on the water um, in the ocean on either coast. Um, but even the ones that they put, on land, you know, and here in Colorado or Wyoming, Nebraska, um, the reason that those wind farms do as well as they do is because it's windy. Yeah. And the reason that it's windy, well, that's that's part of nature, but migratory birds use those channels mm -hmm. because it helps them coast. They're going long distances and they don't want to fucking flap their wings all the time. So are you saying the wind farms are fucking up their ability to move then? Or oh no, it oh. fucking kills them, dude. Oh, because Boom. Oh, because they, they fly they into these blades. There. <laughs> so it's killing lots of migratory birds. Um, it generates electricity and this magnetic shit that fucks up all of the land around it. And I have no idea what it does to the ones that are in the ocean. Um, but again, it's one of those things, you know, there are some benefits, but if we do everything at this mass fucking scale, then maybe 
the cons outweigh the pros. You know, maybe we should just do some wind, some water, some coal, you know, and, and break it up instead of saying, oh, yeah, let's just go, go, go. And why did why did nuclear disappear out of the U.S.? Uh, Three Mile Island, maybe. That, but dude, and it didn't because the Tennessee River Authority has thirteen, I think thirteen nuclear facilities. Well, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of other countries throughout the world use use nuclear. You know, um, I think California's got a couple, but I know the Tennessee River Authority. I think that's what they're called. Um. Has the most in the United States that I know of, but we still have several of them. No, I mean, the only way you're going to find out what long-term consequences are is if you are running those sort of like large-scale tests. But no matter what, yeah, one thing that just irritates me about environmentalists in the first place is that things become so chic. You know, you you come up with a solution and things become very popular, and you know, everybody sort of like uh, they jump they jump on board to that, but they don't really. It's more about fashion than it is about science. You know? So the USA is the world's largest producer of nuclear power, accounting for more than 30% of worldwide nuclear generation of electricity. In 2019, they produced 843 billion kilowatt hours in 2019. So it's there. So that's a, that's a shitload of kilowatt hours. Um I guess the easiest way to think about it is a big screen TV um, LED is probably going to take, I don't know, right around one. Well, I don't think it's quite one. Maybe it's a tenth. A anyway, um, a kilowatt a of, hour is a lot, a lot of power. It's a lot of kilowatt hours, yeah. for sure. And that was according... To world nuclear org i don't know who the fuck they are i just i'd be more curious because obviously the carbon is is going to disappear anyway at some point in time like the part of the reason why those other ones become interesting obviously is that the sun is not going anywhere at least for a little while you know but still you have storage capacity problems with regards to solar so another i mean i said tennessee has a bunch of them but um so they have 93 commercial reactors at 55 power plants in 28 states. Say that again, 93. 93 commercial reactors okay. 55 at 55 power plants okay. in 28 states. Okay. So over half of our states have some. And that's according to the EIA, which is the energy... They don't have a statistic about what that, how, how, like the kilowatt hours produce that relative to other forms of uh, energy production, do they? No, not, not comparing them. Um, but they did. Uh, it says ninety-five thousand four hundred ninety-two megawatts. Which so they're they're generating a lot of fucking power, dude. Um, well, and I I don't have any illusions. I'm sure. I mean, nuclear has its own fallout, you know. 
problems. You know, you're producing waste when you're. I, and I don't. I don't know. I, my problems. I don't know the science on a lot of this stuff. I mean, I was pretty good conceptually when it came to science as a kid, but the hard stuff, I'm not so. Uh, I'm not so solid on. Well, and that's that's part of the problem. I mean, what's that joint in? I think there's one in Utah, and then there's one in Nevada, where they're taking all of these spent rods, and they're taking them there. And the reason that they're taking them there is because the salt will grow around them. And the, the thought process is that they're in these protective cases, which are then in barrels. And then the barrels are going in this cave and the cave is going to encase them in salt. And so there won't be any fall out <laughs> but there's there's no way to test that really i mean because what is it the half-life of fucking plutonium is like 350 years not something that you and i i think it's long not something we can negotiate in any meaningful meaningful way yeah so i mean they're ta they're taking these things and and putting them wherever and <laughs> just hoping that they'll be safe or maybe they're figuring fuck it we're not going to be around anyway so it doesn't matter for generations to come but they came up with all of these signs and symbols in different languages and in just what looks like a fucking warning sign even if you don't speak any language that says get the fuck away um, it'd, be, it'd be a real tragedy. So 24,000 years is, is plutonium to 309's half-life. But uh, aside from that, you know, somebody comes like the United States dies out and somebody comes to the United States and they're looking for stuff and they start mining in this area and they're like, oh, this is a really big salt lick, you know? Yeah. Why do I have a third eye growing out of the top of my head? <laughs> I mean, I like it. You know, it, I, I get this picture of Superman when he got, you know, like when they got frozen, you know, but, uh, I just think, uh, you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the science for the fallout. I mean, I like, that sounds like in my head, it sounds like a good idea, but again, like we don't know what the long-term consequences of any of that shit is. Right. Anybody and maybe, that says that they do is a fucking liar. Maybe it goes out of the barrels and into the salt. And maybe because salt is a conductor, that fucking thing, just it fucking transports it now. So now it's like nuclear electricity and it just goes all the way through the salt flats in Nevada and ends up in fucking Las Vegas. And everybody in Vegas is some sort of weird fucking zombie now. I don't know. We're writing we're writing uh, science fiction horror movies based <laughs> off of uh, uh, nuclear, <laughs> nuclear uh, waste. So I I think we need to kind of wrap things up now. I we're we're going long. Um again you know, there there probably are no easy answers, um, but I think that we can find some answers if we keep asking questions. So ask questions like, do I really fucking need this new cell phone? Um, stuff like that. Uh, ask at what cost and, you know, maybe we can slow things down a little bit. Um, also, don't, it doesn't hurt to you know, become proactive to some degree. Yeah. In one way or another, we need to coax the powers that be into understanding that, uh, 
if this if this isn't something that we have at the top of our agenda, then we might as well just be running off the cliff with the lemmings. So, so uh, what are we doing on the next episode, Brian? Dick, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so, why don't you join us on the next episode where we're talking about uh, really good guitarists and and guitar players in in general? Um, we're just gonna, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, just for a minute. Um, I think it'll be a good episode because I know the guitar is one of my favorites. So, um, tune in next time for guitars and, uh, thanks for joining us. If you want to reach us, hit us on Twitter at short based short bus debate. Um, TikTok. roll. Yeah. Roll. And then TikTok short bus debate club. Uh, talk to you later. Have a good night. See you Wednesday.